And I know there are things on your mind, but this is our opportunity to set it aside, to give it to the one who can take care of it. And today we get to focus our hearts and our minds on the better things to come. So I'm going to invite you to stand with us and to enter the, th the throne room of heaven and to praise your heavenly father who he doesn't mind a hurricane. He sent it. He's in charge of it. He's got everything. And soon he's coming back and none of this will be but a distant memory while we are praising our Savior.
Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity There will be a day when all will bow before him there will be a day when death will be no more standing face to face with he who died and rose again holy holy is the lord and every prayer we prayed in desperation the songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear in the end we'll see it all was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears there will be a day when all will bow before him there will be a day when death will be no more standing face to face with he who died and rose again holy holy is the lord and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day we join a resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain forever he shall Mighty roar. 
right where you are. Good morning, church. Good morning. It is so great to be here together. Amen. We are so thankful, right? Yes, we have had a roller coaster week for sure. If this is your first time visiting with us, we would love to get to know you. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can go out in the atrium to the welcome desk. There's a connect card. There'll be someone there to help you and answer any of your questions. Also, you can do that digitally. We've set up a platform. You can put the word connect in the phone number 904-441-6900. That should be up on the screen for you as well. And you can connect there and let us know if there's any prayer requests or anything that you, any questions you would like to ask about our church. We'd love to do that with you. We'd love to pray with you if you have a need as well. And also you can put the word news in and you can go to our digital bulletin, which will give you all the information that the paper bulletin gives you as well. Just a couple of things I want to highlight for you this morning. The first one is if you do have a need, have a, a hurricane help need, we would love to be there for you. You can do the same thing. Go to the connect, um, the same phone number, put that in. And what that will do for you is if you know someone that has a hurricane need or it's you yourself or a family member, please do that. We're here to help. We have volunteers standing by. Our church is to reach out in the community and be a part with you. That's what the body of Christ is about. So we just encourage you to do that. Also on December the 14th, Stable Fest, our youth ministry is going to be having a something like a Halloween thing with booths and games, and they need volunteers. And so I encourage you to put in the word anastasiachurch.org slash tablefest and sign up. There's a whole list of things that you can do. You say, well, I can't do this, but maybe you can do that. So I encourage you to look at that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I can't promise you, but there might be a donkey. Don't know. Who knows, but it is Stable Fest for the youth. So come alongside of them. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Good morning, church. So uh, I'm Bill Laylock. I'm the church administrator and controller, and I don't want to see your eyes glaze over when I start talking about the budget. <laughs> so I'm here to talk about the 2023 budget, but before I do, Let's, uh, let's thank our Father in Heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit for leading us through this budget process. Uh, it's very important that we, we follow what the Lord wants us to do and not what we want to do as people. So let me give you a little bit of background about how we got to the budget, and then I'm going to see if I can keep you awake for the rest of the time. Um, you know, back in August, we were suffering a very serious deficit um, in giving and in, in spending, and... Um, you know, we had like $200,000 deficit and we were, you know, a little bit concerned because we were coming into budget season. We didn't know how that was going to affect the next year's budget. But Pastor Walter sent some emails. He spoke from the pulpit. The congregation responded amazingly. And at the end of the third quarter, we actually had a surplus. So that's just amazing. So the, the giving is not what we budgeted for this year, but it's still about four and a half percent ahead of last year. So that's a very good increase. Um, so stewardship personnel, um, the budget committee, and the staff worked really hard to put together a budget for this coming year. Um, it's not going to require an increase in giving over and above what we had budgeted for this year. It's basically going to be the same um, 
giving that we requested for this year, um, but it's not going to be the same budget. You know, we had to, with increases in cost of many things, we had to rearrange the budget. Um, it might look the same at the top, but it's not going to look the same throughout. So um, we made some adjustments in personnel, we made some adjustments in ministry to offset some operating cost increases. Um, but we were still, even with all of that, we were still able to find a way to give the staff a small 3% increase, most of the staff. Um, you know, the, um, so we have, a, we have a budget we're going to bring forward. It's going to be next Sunday at 4 o'clock. You should have a copy in your bulletin if you want to take that out and look at it. It um, looks similar to last year, but it's not quite. The personnel budget is actually reduced. Um, but, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is, you know, we're well on our way into land clearing and, and, and construction for our new buildings. The giving to the 4G campaign is, is over $4.9 million at this time. Um, you know, year to date, we've given $406,000 to missions, which is where, really where we're supposed to be putting all of our funds. And then, you know, this congregation has donated already $14,000 for hurricane relief. So. You know, it's a very giving, loving congregation, and we are just so very, very thankful. So if you guys would, sh would show up on Sunday, um, next Sunday at 4 o'clock, it's a congregation meeting, but it's not just about the budget. You know, this is the time where we prepare for 2023. We select our deacons for the next year. We fill our committees. We nominate committee members. We, get, we do the church business, so it's not just about the money, okay? So we just want to thank you for your financial and spiritual support. Let's pray for our offering this time. Father God, we just, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. Father, we love you so much. Father, we just ask that as we come to this time of offering and generosity, Father, that you would take everything that we give and use it for your kingdom. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. And praising our Lord, what a great morning it is to be here in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> I am honored to be here. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Anastasia Church, and I am uh, going to continue on with our series today. Have you ever had a situation in your life where uh, things just weren't right? Things just didn't quite go how you planned, quite not what you would prefer. Maybe um, you never got to say goodbye to somebody and you think, ah, it just kind of bothers you a little bit. Maybe you never really got to speak up in the conversation and, and it didn't, that conversation didn't quite go how you wanted it to and it just doesn't feel quite right. Maybe if you've, have you ever said to yourself, if I had a do-over, I would do that over again because it just wasn't quite right. It didn't quite sit well, well with me. I would have never done fill in the blank. Or if I ever see that person again, this is what I'm going to say to them, or this is what I'm going to do. If I ever get to see that person, maybe, because it just didn't end right, it just didn't go right. Or maybe, you, maybe you've even said, like, I can't believe that so-and-so got away with it. I can't believe that, that that happened, and it just feels in your, in your soul, and you just kind of, that just, this is not right. This is not right. So 
I'm, I'm going to make like a, a, a humbling, vulnerable uh, confession here for a moment. So a long time ago, when I was living down in South Florida, I was pumping my gas at a gas station. And I, it was like it was out of a movie. A white minivan pulled up next to me, and the guy rolled down his window, and he said, Hey, I've got some extra sound systems in here. You want to buy one? And I was like... No, 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 well, let me just take a look, okay? So I'm going over and I look at, the, I look at this van and he's like, I was doing a job and I had to buy all of these sound systems, these surround sound units, and um, I, was in, I was putting them in an apartment complex and I had to buy, put in a bunch of them and I have these left over and I'm just trying to sell them. And I was like... I'm, 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 a, I'm stupid, okay? So this is, so I'm like, well, let me see them. So he shows, they're all, they're brand new. They're in the boxes and it's kind of like a no-name brand kind of a thing. And he's like, I know it's not name brand, but it was going for this system. Blah, blah. He's, and he's, and he, he sold me on them and, and, I, and I bought one. I mean, I'm a doofus, an absolute doofus, right? And I bought one and I'm kind of thinking like, if I could just go back and tell myself, I didn't spend a ton, a ton of money on one and I opened it up and it was totally not what I thought. It did work and it did work really well as a Christmas present that year for somebody else. <laughs> Because it worked that well for me. But I think, when I think about like things just not quite going right, I'm thinking like, if anybody ever rolls up next to you in a white minivan and wants to sell you a surround sound system, don't do it. Don't do it, right? You know, so I'm thinking, that just wasn't right. I just didn't do that right, you know? And, and I wish I could have a little bit of a do-over on that one, right? So we're in a series called 517. It's from John chapter 5, verse 17, where Jesus said, the Father is still working. And I am the son and I am working. And so we're, we're um, looking at these stories about how God has worked. And I want, to, I want to tell you something. is Whether you see it or not, God is working. I want to let that sit in for just a second. Whether you can see it or not, whether you can feel it, or not, if you're going through something, if things are great for you, if whatever it is, whether you see it or not, God is working. And when you're going through a situation in your life, one of the best things that you can do is to ask yourself, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? What are you teaching me through this season? That's a really hard question to get outside of yourself, get outside of your situation, and then to say, God, what are you teaching me through this? Or, God, how are you working through this? That's a pretty hard thing to do. And so we're looking at stories through the Bible. We're looking at these stories about how God has worked. And we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. And so we can infer that what God has done before, he will do again. When we learn about who God has been, we can understand him more and know about who he is to us now. We have discovered that God loves us that God restores us. We have learned that God disciplines us. We have learned that God is with us. That's a big one. Not a lot of other religions believe that. They believe that God is far away. He might be sleeping or doing something. He might be in another world or something. He created us. But we know that we believe that God is with us. That's huge. We've learned so many other things 
God is faithful. Today we're looking at a story that is actually yet to happen. So we're not looking at who God is in the past, although this was recorded in the past, but it's a story that is yet to happen. We're going to be looking at the second coming of Christ. And some of the kids in the room are like... Did you, ever, did you ever think that? Like when you think about the second coming, you think about forever, you think about like, like all of that stuff that's, uh, I'm like, <sighs> you know, like sometimes a lot of people are like that. That's kind of how I was. I didn't want to read the book of Revelation um, all my life. I was like kind of scared. It's kind of a little bit freaky, you know, like what's, how's it really going to go down, right? But we're going to look at the, the, the second coming of Jesus and we're going to learn that one day God will make everything Right. In all of those situations in our lives, and eh, like we bought a surround sound system out of a van at a gas station. I'm not talking about that, really. I'm talking about the deep, heavy things. I'm talking about the things that really, really, really get to you, you know? That God will make everything right. Sin in the world, you know? He's gonna make it right. And this is one of the hard things to, to really believe to trust, to, to believe it now. Because sometimes I just want to go out and slash somebody's tires, right? right. Should I not have said that as a pastor? <laughs> was that wrong? <laughs> Is that kind of thing frowned upon here? Because if I knew that that was like, I shouldn't have said that, then I probably wouldn't. No, I just can't. <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard for us to believe. Okay, yeah, one day God will make everything right. Okay, great. But what about like now, Right? What about like how I, I trust in that now when I don't feel like things are, are going right? That one day everything will be resolved. And, and we, we, we struggle with unresolved situations. We struggle with things that are kind of not complete, right? Things that don't have closure. They kind of bother us. They kind of they leave us a little bit anxious, right? Like movie cliffhangers. When the, when the movie ends and it's kind of... Is it going to be a part two? Is it going to be too, too continued? Like, you know, we're like, that's why we do binge watching now, right? Because you, you, you can just click the next episode, right? And you're like, oh, what's going to happen? How's Jack Bauer going to get out of this situation again? You know, um, for those of you like, that's like 20 years ago. Sorry. Um, but, but so like when, when conversations didn't go as planned and it's kind of unresolved, maybe, maybe somebody moved away and you never really got to tell them how you felt um, or how you feel. Uh, and <clears throat> maybe there's something that went, a deal went down at work. It was a little bit underhanded and it's all kind of unresolved. Maybe something just kind of is, is sitting there kind of lingering and hanging, hanging out there because um, one day we're gonna realize that everything will be resolved, but we live in this world that now sometimes things aren't quite, we don't quite experience the closure that we want. We're gonna learn, we're gonna discover, and I'm gonna pray that we can trust and live in the fact that one day God will make things right. See, Habakkuk struggled with this. If you've ever struggled with this in your life, thinking like, like oh, how long is this world going to be this way? This is how Habakkuk felt. Habakkuk chapter one, you don't have to turn here yet. Um, Habakkuk, one of the prophets, he, he wrote this and he was praying to God this. He said, chapter one, verse two, how long, Lord, must I call for help and you don't listen? Or I cry out to you about the violence and you don't save. Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. And then God responded to him in verse five and he said, look at the nations and observe. 
be utterly astounded for I am doing something in your days that you will not believe even if I told you about it. This is what, that, in, that, in that old days there when Habakkuk was around, he was seeing all of this stuff around. He's like, how long, oh God, are you gonna let this go? Have you ever felt like that? You just look at the news for a little bit and you think, how long can I let, can this injustice, can, how long can all of this last? How long will you stay away? I wanna now invite you to turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. We're going to look at a passage from this book of Revelation. And it's a passage that I believe describes the second coming of Jesus. It's a pretty fantastic passage. Now, I believe that there will be a rapture, that there will be a time when the church is caught up in the sky and that we will meet Jesus. And I believe that these are some of the passages that teach about that. And, and you don't have to turn to all of these. They're up, gonna be, these are gonna be on the screen while you're turning to Revelation 19. Acts chapter one, verse 11. The, that says, after Jesus went back up and all the disciples are like standing there like this, and I'm like, what, what do we do now? Then angels came down and it said, the angels said, why are you looking up into heaven? Jesus will come in the same way you have seen him going into heaven. He's gonna come in the sky the same way that you've seen him go. John chapter 14, verse three, Jesus said, I, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you will be also. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, it says, in the twinkling of an eye, when the last trumpet sounds, I think that that last trumpet is the last of the seven trumpets that we see in Revelation. When the last trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise and we will be changed, okay? So the dead in Christ will rise and we will be changed. I believe that that is the rapture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, it says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout and with the trumpet of God and we will be caught up. That's what the word rapture means. You don't see the word rapture anywhere in the Bible, but the word rapture literally means to be caught up and that's where we see it here. We will be caught up together with them and we will always be with the Lord. I believe that this is the biblical teaching of the rapture where the dead in Christ, all of those that we know that are, are dead in Christ, they will be raised up and then the living church will be caught up with Jesus in in the sky. Then there will be no Holy Spirit. Imagine that. The Holy Spirit lives in us and we're all gone. There will be no Holy Spirit in the world at that point. And that's going to be some dangerous stuff. That's going to be a tough world to live in. That there's no conviction, no, 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 no goodness of, of God in the people of God here on the planet. Things will be bad. Very, very bad. And sometimes after, sometime after that, there will be a second coming of Jesus. And I believe that's when Jesus is actually going to come to earth. And that is the second coming. Now you may interpret scriptures differently in a, in a room this size and people who are watching on the internet, you all may interpret these scriptures differently. And you may be a, a, a no rapturist, right? You may be like, I don't believe in the rapture. You may be um, an atrib person, you may be a mid-trib person or a, or a post-trib person, um, you might be a spare-rib person, I particularly like baby backs, you might be baby-crib kind of a person, but, but I'm not sure if you're an amillennialist or a post-millennialist, um, if you're just a millennial, you might not know what any of that is, um, maybe not to insult the millennials, but you know, you might not, but... Uh, <clears throat> 
But what we do know for sure is that there will be an end. Okay? Can we all agree on that? There is going to be an end. How it goes down, I'm not exactly certain. I have my beliefs on how I interpret the scripture, and it might be a little bit different from you, but this passage that we're about to look at is gonna be for sure when Jesus comes down, wherever it falls in the timeline, this is gonna happen. All right? All right, you ready for this story now? This is incredible. Revelation chapter 19. We're gonna look at verse, start of verse 11. This is John talking in, in the revelation that the Spirit of God gave him, and he wrote it all down of things yet to come. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse, and its rider is called Faithful and True. We believe that that is Jesus for a lot of reasons, but we believe that the rider is Jesus. And he judges and makes war with justice, and his eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head, and he had a name written that nobody knows except himself, and he wore a robe dipped in blood. That's why one other reason why we think that it was Jesus, it was his robe that was dipped in blood because he was crucified, and he shed his blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This is how we know that this was Jesus because we believe that Jesus was the word. John chapter one, verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus on this horse and he's coming down. And the armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen and a sharp sword came out of his mouth so that, when, so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod and he will also trample the wine press. That's a pretty, that, I'm gonna make a song out of that lyric right there, okay? Um, They will trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh. Maybe it's a tattoo, not so sure, but it's a name written on his thigh. King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the fantastic, amazing, epic day when Jesus comes out um, on on a riding on a horse in all of his glory and he comes down in the second coming of Jesus, all right? Now, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, I believe that this is where, why we have the book of Revelation, because we get to see Jesus in his glory. We get to see G- King Jesus coming with all of the power, not baby Jesus, not, not, not pauper Jesus, not Jesus on a cross, not beaten Jesus, not Jesus with no name, nowhere to lay his head, but we see King Jesus with all of the power and all of the glory and everything, and we see that here, and it's so amazing. I love it. So in chapter, uh, chapter 19, verse 19, let's skip down a little bit. It says, then I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and against his army. Can you imagine that? The boldness, the, the arrogance of all those people. Kings of this earth, they were gathered together to wage war against Jesus. Oh, this ain't gonna go good for them. Okay. But the beast was taken prisoner and along with it, the false prophet who had performed the signs in its presence, he deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and those who worshiped its image with these signs. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were killed with the sword that came from the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all of the birds ate their fill of their flesh. One day, Jesus is going to take that false prophet and he's going to take that um, he's going to take that beast and he's going to throw them into the lake of fire. And then all the other armies they gather, the birds are going to feast on their flesh. One day, Jesus is going to make it right. Can I get an amen? Come on. Look at chapter 20, verse 4. 
And then it says, then I saw thrones and people seated on the thrones who were, <clears throat> let me see, we're in chapter 20, verse four. Then I saw thrones and people seated on them who were given authority to judge. And I also saw the, th- the, the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God who had not worshiped the beast or his image and who had not accepted the mark on their foreheads or their hands, they came to life and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So those who had been martyred, those who were faithful, they came and they reigned with Jesus. Jesus brought those who, were, who had done what was right, who were faithful and true, those who had been killed for the cause of Christ. And while he threw those in the lake of fire, he brought these up and they reigned with him. Look at verse 10 of chapter 20. Oh, this is a good one. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil was thrown into the lake of fire. One day, Jesus is gonna do it. Right now, he's letting the devil do some stuff. He's letting the devil, he allows it now. One day, he will take the devil and he'll throw him into the the lake of fire. Look at um, chapter 21, verses three and four. It says, then I heard a loud voice. This is one of my my favorite passages in in all of the Bible. It says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. And he said, look, God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and he will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. And grief and crying and pain will be no more. Because the previous order of things has passed away. One day, Jesus is gonna deal with all of it. I don't know how it's gonna fall in the timeline of everything. I have my opinions, but if you think that you know about it, you're probably wrong. Nobody really knows how it's gonna go. But I do know that it's gonna happen where Jesus deals with all of it. All of the pain, all of the tears, all of the worry, all of the anxiety, all of the depression, all of the hurt, all of the cancer, all of the AIDS, all of the everything, the social injustice, all of the homelessness. It'll all be dealt with and gone forever and ever and ever. Come on. That's gonna happen. In God's perfect timing, right now, it's not that day yet. You can still make a choice. You can still make a choice to get on with the Lord. You can still make a choice to confess your sin and be one of the ones who has done what is right. Confess your sins and let Jesus forgive you. You can do that now. But one day, in God's perfect timing, he will make everything right. But today's not that day. And we live in this world now. And there is evil in the world that we struggle with now. But one day God will make it right. But today, there are still people who will deceive you. We can know that one day, God will make it right. Now there is still abuse that happens. But God will make it right one day. There is social injustice in this world. There is racism in this world. There is bigotry and there are people who steal and there are people who break into your car and there's hit and runs and there's child abusers and all of this stuff that's in our world now. But God will make it right one day. So, great for one day. Praise the Lord, clap our hands. One day that's gonna happen. But what about today? What about today? 
John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, I have told you this, these things so that you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, have courage. I have overcome the world. It's funny that Jesus said it like that. I have overcome the world as it's like kind of past tense. Like I have overcome it, but one day I'll make it right. When God says something's gonna happen, he can really kind of talk about it as in past tense because it's gonna happen because that's how, how true God's word is. He says, I've told you these things so you'll have peace. You're gonna have trouble in this world. This world is gonna be difficult, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Until then, God is still working in our sinful world. God is still working through it, through these difficult things, through the evil, through the pain, through the struggle. If you feel wronged, maybe if your party wasn't elected, right? Maybe if, if the elections didn't quite go um, like you thought they would, then, then, then there, is still, there is still evil in this world and God is allowing that for this time. If you've been hurt, if you feel misunderstood or underrepresented, God is still working. He is working through the heartache and he wants to use it. He allows these things. Let's look at Romans chapter eight, verse 28. Go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter eight, verse 28. This is a scripture that I wanna take a minute to turn there. Take a minute, turn there. Open this up in your Bible. I wanna encourage you to highlight it, underline it, memorize it. This is one that everybody should memorize and know. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says this. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. See, the thing is, is that God doesn't want child abuse to happen. God, does, his will isn't for the heartache to happen in this life. God doesn't want a spouse to abuse another one. God doesn't want or will that these crimes that we see in our world happen. God doesn't want you to be depressed. God doesn't want you to be addicted to drugs. God doesn't want the, the broken family to happen. That's not God's will, but he uses it for good to those who are called according to his purpose. One day God will make everything right, but in this evil world that we live in, we know that God will work it for our good. Did, did God want to like, like make that stuff happen in your life in order to make you stronger? No. I don't believe that God, God um, makes an abusive father abuse his kid to make the kid stronger. He could do so many other positive ways to make a kid stronger, right? But because the evil happens in our world, God uses it. It happens anyway because of, because of the, the evil in the world, but he uses it for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He will make your faith stronger. He will make you wiser. He will make your path straight, even in the middle of an evil world. He will use you to encourage somebody else. He will use your story to bring him glory in the long run, okay? He doesn't cause these things to happen, but he uses these things in our life. Somehow, what a good God we serve, amen? amen. That he uses this evil and he turns it into good. 
And then one day, he will make all things right. It's what he does. Until then, we live in this world. And when you don't know quite what to do or how to live, when you're kind of feeling the injustice of this world, when you're kind of like, how do I live my life, okay? How do I live my life? I want you all to turn, flip a couple of pages over to Revelation, or Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is a, a, an incredibly powerful scripture. And after studying this and kind of coming up to this part, I've, I'm committing myself to memorize this passage. I haven't done it yet. It'd been neat. It'd been, I'd have felt better about myself if I could have just quoted it to you here all from memory and everybody been like, wow, he didn't even look at his Bible when he quoted that scripture. You know, that's all arrogance and I don't need any of that stuff, right? I'm gonna read it here, but I'm gonna memorize this one. I wanna challenge you to memorize it too because this is such an incredible, powerful passage of scripture. And if you're, if you're watching online because you you haven't like come to church in a while and you haven't like you're thinking like I don't know about going around those money grabbing hypocrites because I, I've seen uh, how they act and all this sort of stuff this is how we're supposed to act this is how we're supposed to live and and this is this is how we need to commit to live as Christians in such an evil world okay check this out Romans chapter 12 verse 9 let love be without hypocrisy detest evil cling to what is good Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo each other in how well we honor each other. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient when you're in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and don't curse them. You had to say that twice. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own estimation. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everybody's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Don't get revenge on other people because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, and vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Now, I don't need to dig into this and explain it and alliterate it and all of that sort of stuff. We just need to do this. This is pretty self-explanatory. We just need to read this, paste it up on our walls, read it every day, memorize it, and just do these things. In the middle of an evil world, while we're waiting for one day to God make it right, and that's going to happen maybe a long time from now, but it's going to happen like this, because life is a vapor. Life is a vapor. So live like this now. 
This is simple. This is how the church should be. This is how we bring glory to God. This is how we wait patiently, waiting for one day things will be resolved. This is how we live our lives when that seems so far out and I just can't quite, uh, it's just, uh, we need to live like this. Love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us, be humble in all of these things. You see that God is working among us, all around us. So I wanna invite you today, if he's been drawing you to make a decision for him, I said, life is a vapor, boom. Before we know it, that day will be here. Life is gonna be here and gone and nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. So if God has been drawing you to himself, don't wait another day. You're not guaranteed to make it out of the parking lot. None of us are. Don't wait. If God is drawing you to make a decision, I wanna invite you during this next song to get up out of your chairs and come down and make a decision for the Lord. Make a decision to follow him with your faith. Even if you don't know all of what that means, I wanna invite you to make a decision to say, to say God, I wanna, I wanna submit to you and your will. If, and God is working around us. If you've been away from him for far too long, you've been walking away from God. I tell the students that you can walk away from God a thousand steps, but it only takes one step to come back to him. If you've been away for far too long and you need to come back to Jesus, you know who he is, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but you've been walking away. Come back today and recommit your life to him. Renew your faith to him today. God is working all around us. I wanna invite you to come and make your decision public, to come through, to, um, to, to be baptized or to join our church and membership to make your commitment here. If you wanna make your decision public, come right on down here. We call this the altar because that's where we do business with God. Right? Come down here and tell somebody. We'll have some people here that can counsel with you, help you understand your decision a little bit more, help you understand what you're feeling. But come down here and talk to me. Come down here and tell one of our decision counselors. And maybe he's even calling you to full-time ministry. I was once in, a, in, a, in an audience like this and the, and the pastor came and he said, come down if you feel called to full-time ministry. And I knew that that was me and I knew that I'd been saying no to God for a long, long time and I needed to surrender myself at that point and just say it out loud. I just needed to say, this is what God has been saying to me, right? And I, and I came down to a place like this and I said, God is calling me. And once I said it out loud, I was kind of accountable to that. If you're feeling that today, I wanna to invite you to come down here and tell us. God is working in and through our church. And this is something that's a little bit different. It's not a come out here, it's a go back there. But God is working in our church through the, the children and preschool and student ministries. And we're building a whole brand new building back here. And we're building this brand new building so that we'll have secure places that, that we, and, and, and big enough places so that we can minister to children and families in new and better ways than ever. And we have an opportunity for the last couple of weeks we've been doing this um, and next week we're going to, um, to commit these rocks. We have an opportunity to, to spread some rocks, some prayer stones. And Matthew has said, um, blesses the man who builds his, builds his house on the rock. So in the foundation that they're gonna be pouring here soon, we can put some prayers in the very bedrock of this building back here. God is working, and I wanna be a part of that. So in the back, there's um, all the five stations back here. I want you to grab a rock, and I want you to write a prayer on it, write a verse on it, write something, a commitment to praying for, for people or something. We can build our house on the, on the rock. And then next week, we're all going to bring our rocks 
forward in a commitment time. I put 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. that says, I want to run towards Jesus with everything I've got. And I also put Matthew 7, 24, which is where Jesus says, build your life on the rock, build your house on the rock. And I want to um, run towards Jesus with everything I got and build my house on the rock. And that's gonna, we're going to put it in the cement. It's going to be part of the foundation. So when we leave out of here, go get a rock. Pray about it with your family. Write a scripture on it. We'll bring it back next week. Those are our invitation points. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to get baptized, if you want to surrender to full-time ministry, if you want to just pray for our church, come forward during this message. Renew your faith to Jesus. In this hard world, commit to let's live our life for him, looking forward, knowing that he's going to make things right. Leave that to him and let you do the things that he's called us to do. Let me pray for us and then we can move during this invitation. God, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather here as believers, gather as the church to praise your name, to learn about you, to experience your spirit. We praise you for that. What a, what a blessing it is to be able to gather in this place with each other and encourage and love each other and direct our attention to you and you spend time with us we praise you for that. That's so amazing. But Lord, I just pray that as people are, are feeling you drawing them to you, that you will work and do something that only you can do. We look forward to how you will make things right. But in our world where we're experiencing trouble and we don't feel like any of it's ever gonna be right, help us to live a life that shines your light and gives you glory and draws other people to yourself. God, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. While the band sings this last song, if you feel like God is calling you to come forward and make a decision, you get up out of your chair and come walk down here. Yeah.
morning to go out and love our enemies, to go out and be the light, to go out and surround ourselves with the humble. Let's go out and live that in an imperfect world. We're not going to do our best. We're not going to do perfect, but we're going to do our best to bring glory to God. Out there is where it starts. Amen. One day God will make everything right. Leave that up to God. But for now, let's live our lives for Him. You guys have a blessed Sunday.